Good morning, everyone. Good to be with you. We'll look at a few verses in First Peter chapter three this morning. We'll start from there. Basically, there's three things I want to say. One is, let's take care of each other. And number two, let's fight evil with good. And number three, let's stay the course. That's kind of three. Like the indie universes we're looking at this morning. Uh, so, this is for Peter chapter 3, verses 8 through 12. Just a few verses. But we'll also look at Psalm 34, which first Peter quotes now. Peter quotes, not first Peter. So, uh, Peter is writing to pilgrims. And uh, they are about ready to experience persecution, or maybe they're already in the midst of it. And in this letter, I see him repeatedly telling his readers to, to stay the course, to stay faithful, trust God, don't, don't give in to evil, reacting with evil, um, keep growing as a brotherhood is what you need to be. And, and I feel like I see each of those themes kind of in these first few verses. So the new verse says, let's, it's a call for us to take care of each other, let's be the, the kind of brother and sister we need to be. And then verse 9 says, let's fight evil with good. And verse 10 and beyond is the call for us to stay in court. So it's God's calling and his plan. Let me read these verses here. First Peter chapter 3, verse 8. Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another, love as brothers, be tender-hearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil, or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit blessing. For he who would love life and keep his days, let him refrain his tongue from evil, and it lifts from speaking to speak. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers for the faith of the Lord against those who do evil. So, verse 8, which I summarize as let's take care of each other, says, Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another, love as brothers, be tenderhearted, be courteous or humble in some translations. You know, it is, it is kind of hard to be a Christian. Uh, it is not an easy course to take in life. It's a, it's a blessed course, but it's not easy. And, and David said it, Psalm 34, see this in a minute. As many are the afflictions of the righteous. So we need to care for each other and, and this body that we're a part of. Part of that is growing in harmony, the of one mind that says, uh, tend to relationships, make sure they're in good order, strive to make church work, do your part, uh, don't hold your personal opinions too highly, something I need to work on, 
Obligations, almost, Lord, I want to use here. 
there is not an obligation to give to each other. Another way to think about it is if there is somebody in my church that I have a hang up with, am I treating this person in a way that I would not treat a biological brother or sister? So let's take care of each other. That's first admonition. And going on a verse of mine, let's fight evil with good. Not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. So you were called to be a very predictable kind of person, constantly returning blessing. Blessing for blessing, blessing for not blessing. Blessing for me. Bad people who are nasty and are uh, showing their need for Jesus should still be blessed by having interacted with followers of Jesus, even more so, maybe. Good people who are trying to follow Jesus but are struggling, maybe, or just having a bad day aren't in top form and putting on display their need for ongoing sanctification, still need to receive blessing from other followers of Jesus. So when, when Christians return blessing for evil or for offenses or whatever you want to call it, Satan's kingdom does take on damage. It, it's damaging to that kingdom, which is great. Uh, we are in a war, and, and the way we return fire is by blessing people. Good for evil. Evil for evil is not a problem. Not a problem, not a threat to the kingdom. It, it's, you know, it's a nerf gun. It works. It's counterproductive. It, it's not going to do any damage. First of all, well, not to be seen, it's going to be damage to ours. First Thessalonians 5 says, See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to be good to, to one another and to everyone. So evil for evil shouldn't happen relating to non-Christians. But this verse I just read from First Thessalonians that says, "Always seek good to always seek to do good to one another," suggests that evil for evil can happen even inside of the church setting, and, and that must not happen. So when a brother um, offends another, maybe it was intentional, maybe it was sin, maybe it was just an accident. Satan's kingdom, I think, is looking for an inroad and wants to exploit that. And if he, if he can get the offended brother to react in a wrong way, then the gate's down, and this is not going to go well. We're going to, we're going to be hurt. But if the offended brother reacts with love instead, then it's sort of that kind of usually has to come into it. It's a source of harassment for you. And this is a real battle. It is not imaginary. Yeah, it's real. We, we don't see it, but it's real. And when I talk about blessing and curse, I'm not just talking about words here necessarily. Maybe that's what we think of most 
quickly, but I don't think Peter just needs it in words. He's, uh, there's a lot of ways you can bless people out without even using words, and you can hurt people without using words. And then in verse 9, it says, Knowing that you were called to this, you were called to this. So when we, when we signed up for this, we were signing up for being people that bless in spite of what we got in response to others. Now we signed up for potential suffering and still doing what God is calling us to. Anyway, this is what we're called to do to be people that bless. So we stay the course. Which is my third admonition from these verses. Stay the course. So now we're going to study Psalm 34 a little bit briefly. Psalm 34 has a subtitle, and I'm just assuming it's actually, I don't know 100% where the subtitle comes from, or, or I'm assuming it has some historical basis. So the background of the psalm is David is fleeing from Saul. Warned by Jonathan, he's running away for his life from Saul. He ends up in Gath, which is a Philistine town. And I'm not sure why he went there, but he did. Maybe he didn't have any options. He ends up in Gath, and there he apparently wasn't expected to be recognized, but he was recognized. And the king, the king is Achish, a man named Achish. And, uh, his servants recognize David and say, Isn't this the man that they sing about? Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his tens of thousands. And we're talking about Philistines. You know, this isn't good. And David hears about this and it says he took it to heart. Verse 21. He's pretty worried. He was frightened. He ends up. I don't know where the inspiration for this came from, but he ends up pretending to be a madman. They take him to the king, and he's pretending to be mad. David is. And King Achish, who has a uh, keen sense of irony, says, Do I lack for madman that you brought this man to me? Hopefully, his servants weren't offended. And so they, he. You know, he's not interested in, in this man David and turns him loose and David escapes to a cave and David fairly very thankful that he's escaped. But he's, I mean, he's gone through a lot. He was going through a lot. So one of the things I appreciate about him and his writings is he does not um, brush off the difficulty and law comes over. He's, he's honest about his trouble, but he still has this perspective that God is good and reliable. Psalm 34 goes like this. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked in and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord came all around us to fear him and deliver us. But they can see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. O 
fear the Lord, you may say, there is no one for those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may be good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking to see. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and the ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those to do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears, and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart, and saves such as have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He guards all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous shall be condemned. The Lord redeems the soul of his servant, and none of those who trust in him shall be condemned. So one of the things David is saying in this passage is that righteous people, good people, can go through a lot of trouble. Verse 4 mentions fear, so the righteous are fearful. They're afraid. In verse 6, they're in trouble. Verses 15 and 17 talk about the cry of the righteous. They're in trouble. Verse 17, they're in trouble again. Verse 18, the brokenhearted. Verse 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But what he says throughout all of this is that the path, the road, the course for a man who wants to see good is to continue to trust the Lord through all of this and accept his eventual deliverance. But sometimes it seems like right thinking is the cause for some of the difficulties maybe we face, evil. It's an appealing option, but the truth is, the Lord condemns the, the, the wicked, and He redeems the soul of the righteous, and none of those who trust in Him shall be condemned. So, how does this fit in the passage with Peter? Peter is saying that the truth that David experienced in Psalm 34 is true for his reader. Applies to us Christians living in a world full of trouble and difficulty. And he expects, Peter expects his leader to face trouble. That's what he says in chapter 4. Do not think it's strange to put in the fiery trial with this society, but though something strange happens to you. So don't think that if not all is well, that God is not in control. Or that Satan is winning. That's not the truth. And what Peter is calling us to is simply remember the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. He's still watching, he's still in control. So turn away from evil and do good. Stay the course. And, and here's the thing God designed this course that we are on. If we go back to verse 9, we see that it is a calling. We are called.
knowing that you were called to this. You were called. So who called you? God called you. This is his calling. And this is his blessing that you may inherit a blessing. This is his blessing. It's his calling, his blessing. So this is his course that we're on. And in a very real sense, his son went, went down this course. He experienced this. Verse 18. If you didn't read this morning, Peter says, For Christ also suffered once for sinners, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. So this is something which God himself, Christ himself, went down this very difficult road in the uttermost sense, and he was faithful. And now we're called to follow this example. And that's what makes God's plan incredible, is that his son experienced it. So he is good, he will deliver us, just like he delivered his son. So basically, three, three takeaways from, from this passage. As we go through this pilgrimage, let's take care of each other by being harmonious, compassionate, and loving. Let's keep fighting evil with good. That's how we defend against internal attacks and how we also gain new territory for the kingdom. And let's stay the course. Because even though many other questions are the righteous, God will eventually deliver us 